0: You are tuned into The Constructionist Podcast, and tonight we are continuing our series on cults. So we encourage at The Constructionists a worldview that is built on the principles of Christ. And in this episode, we are examining modern cults through a clear and honest lens. Well, next week we're bringing up a new topic, which we will advertise over this next five days. And next Thursday, we are examining other people's holidays. So next week, we're gonna do one episode on other people's holidays, so stay tuned to that. And we hope by doing this podcast, we offer insights and perspectives that will help you in your journey towards a greater understanding of love and compassion for yourself and others. So we wanna assure you that in tonight's episode, we will not be fabricating anything as many have done over the past. We are just gonna inform you, we're gonna give you ideas, we're gonna give you thoughts, and if we're, we're going to be quoting things or giving you information, we're gonna tell you where to find it. So our goal is to provide an honest and authentic perspective on our examination of tonight, modern day cults. So this is our thinking space where we're presenting ideas and thoughts, and tonight we're making our best attempt to explain very practical ideas and practical, well, I would say modern day groups that are in society that we need to stay clear of, or we just don't need to get trapped into some of these philosophies, ideas, thoughts, or ideologies. So if you enjoy the Constructionist Podcast and want to support us financially, please follow the link in the chat or the show notes on the social media platform you're listening to and visit our Give page you can also visit our patreon page at the constructionists so your support enables us to continue producing high quality content like you're going to hear tonight well we're going to try our very best in going over 10 different ideas cults and ideas tonight that are just the 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 far out reaches of how society behaves and 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 the groups that we form. We're gonna go um, just do a deep dive into cults, but also some cult. I would say just signature markers of cults that we need to recognize that exist in religions, including evangelical Christianity and other branches of Christianity. And so we're doing our best attempt to explain some of those ideas as well that you can honestly see sometimes in your own churches, Christian churches. So we wanna hear from you. We wanna engage with you. We believe that through our interactions and discussions with listeners like you, we can continue to learn together and grow together, develop a communal hermeneutic. So we value your feedback, your questions, your ideas, and we're excited to build a community around these discussions. So don't hesitate to reach out, leave us some notes, leave us some direct messages, ask us a question, and we'll do our very best to answer it in a very informed way. So Sherea and Jake, thanks for joining us. We're excited to be here talking about, well, I would say 10 different ideas of cults. So we have cults, which we have about seven cults, one eight surprise cult that we're going to go over tonight that even Jake and Shreya don't know what we're going to talk about, the eighth cult. But then we're going to talk about two subjects of cults, subject signature ideas that we see in cults, but we also see those in churches. And honestly, we need to deconstruct those ideas in churches because it does make our faith communities, culty, where we have some signature ideas that have been adopted into cults right at the heart of our communities, our faith communities. So we need to be very careful with that. So Jake and Shreya, how are you doing tonight?
1: Hey, doing okay.
0: Good, thanks, awesome. Well, next week we are going to talk a little bit about other people's holidays. And we're going into the holiday season, and... There are some very special holidays that are just not on anybody's radar that I think just moving into this November fall, you know, the colors are changing, the leaves are falling. It's getting awfully rainy here in Portland's metro area. So I just want during this season to talk one week on just a list of other people's holidays we talk a lot about christmas we talk a lot about thanksgiving we talk a lot about this season of holiday but there are other cultures we live in a very pluralistic society we live in a very diverse society and so talking about many other holidays i think is important to honor to give respect Mm -hmm. to and to acknowledge and so that's what we're going to do next week But before that we're finishing this topic on cults sharia please you've started us out every week so far with a definition of like a working definition of cult now last week we talked about the occult which is very specific Mm -hmm. so this is the cult a cult so this word Mm -hmm. cult has a certain definition that Honestly, all religions fall under the definition of cult, really. We've kind of come to that conclusion, the traditional like Oxford defini- de- dictionary definition of cult. Um, but then we have a practical definition. So shreya give us those two definitions and uh, just create the thinking space for us.
1: Yeah. So the dictionary definition of a cult is a religious system that is... Um, Worship is organized around a central figure or object. Um, and then the definition that we are using to talk about, um, culty cults is, um, <laughs> a, a, religious group that's characterized by, um, high control environment and a charismatic, if not narcissistic leader
0: so it's the narcissistic controlling leader that is the practical that's the signature practical definition of of cult and honestly most of your weird groups that you say well that's a weird group whether it be like branch davidians or halbop comet people heaven's gate or or things like that you definitely see um this is where you get that high controlling leader, which is very, very dangerous um, to to follow, to be a part of these groups. So let's talk about the first group. We have a list of eight that we're gonna go over, some many people have heard of, others not so familiar. Some have ended up on Netflix series that we're gonna go over tonight. Um, We're gonna give you a little more information, hopefully, than than the media has, but the first the first cult we're going to go over is called Twin Flames. Twin Flames is well, you can look them up on a website, but Twin Flames is a what is considered a dating cult. And Rolling Stones did an article um, some time ago. Uh, and and they just kind of defined it and it was really interesting that they defined it as a cult i mean for a modern magazine just to come out and just define something as a cult i found that really interesting that a popular um, online magazine like that they would say this is a cult and and it does fall under that category of high controlling leaders now in christianity in the purity movement We had something in the 90s and all the way to today, but you had something that emerged in the 90s with some books like I Kiss Dating Goodbye or some leaders in um, homeschool movements and such, where you had a divine styled partner that God picked out your partner for you and that it was your quest or your, I guess, enlightenment that you found this person that God picked you up for me. Now, I would say that, you know, many people that are married or have life partners would say, you know, you're just a godsend, that God just really orchestrated this. And I, I believe that there's nothing wrong with that. And just by saying that, but when you're saying that, god is so intricately intricately involved in your dating life i think that that is really quite um it just it just it goes down roads that this group went down ultimately twin flames that's what it's about that you have a divinely ordained partner in life called your twin flame um people that are extremely lonely in life i have been in those states other people have been in those states of mine that it's really easy to fall into these traps of the lonely for love and they definitely prey on people that are not just single but they prey on people that are lonely that there's a soulmate out there now this sounds very christian because we've heard this indoctrinated in our youth groups and our churches. So let's stop there before we continue on with Twin Flames. I really wanna camp on that subject just for a few minutes. Let's deconstruct that, because I think that that's a very unhealthy doctrine and teaching in the church. So let's let's start there. The godly, God-ordained life partner, um, what they term Twin Flame.
2: Well, if I just think about the God-ordained life partner, <clears throat> I would probably place it our current thoughts of it on Elizabeth Elliot <clears throat> in the mm. 40s and 50s. Uh, her husband was Jim Elliot, got killed on the banks of the. probably more than 40s and 50s. I forget when it is, but uh, mm-hmm. he got killed on the banks of the uh, Amazon. Amazon and this his his diaries are are wonderful um and part of of his posthumous like impact is that him and Elizabeth got married in 2 weeks from meeting yeah and so marriage god's way is you're going to know within 2 weeks if that, that person is is right for you or not and so <laughs> the if and if and if you don't know within two weeks, there's something wrong with you or with the other person, and so judgment is cast very quickly.
0: Right. So this reminds Shreya. Do you have well opening thoughts on just the idea of the twin flame, the God ordained life partner?
1: Wait, like we're deconstructing the idea of soulmates.
0: Oh yeah, please deconstruct. Yeah.
1: Um... <laughs> I mean, the other thing that just doesn't work is if you're not with somebody, then the problem is you. You must be doing something wrong. There must be sin in your life, or you're not following God's will for your life, or so there's a ton so, of blame that gets passed for that
2: too.
0: So shame.
2: Shame. There's think, shame around mm-hmm. it.
0: Yeah. The hardest thing to the reconcile.
2: The hardest thing to reconcile as well is that all Jesus' teaching on marriage is to remain single. All Paul's teaching on marriage is to remain single. But if you are uh-huh. married, follow these rules. But remain right. single as I am. Um, right. So in the New Testament, we don't have a lot of guidance on children, having children, not having children. And so when when there's such a big push in Christian culture right now to have children Mm -hmm. to be married to for your quiver to be full or whatever that is. Um, Mm -hmm. There's nothing in scripture at all to back that up.
0: Right. So this reminds me of when I was in youth ministry and we used to go to these purity seminars, I kiss dating goodbye or romance God's way Um, where you got the silver ring thing. So you married Jesus type of thing. And so, so there's, there's this idea in Christianity of celibacy until marriage, but there's also this idea of sex being like elevated to either the pinnacle of existence or the pinnacle of sin. And so, somehow, over a long period of time, um, intimacy, romance, relationships, marriage—all of this became a very heightened subject over a long period of time. And you can look back on art in the church or sculptures in the church, where you know every everybody was naked on the screen right you had like nude statues and nude paintings and then it's known that some of the popes came in uh in ancient popes came in and they painted over these scenes or they Is covered jesus innocent,
2: in innocent
0: yeah they they basically covered because they were you know concerned that people were were stumbling so so this idea that nudity or sex or intimacy relationships became very shameful over a long period of time so that the core of the core in christianity the relationship or um just sexual intimacy with another person is is a very shame based topic there's right at the core there's just a shame all around it um well how does that play out if you're single then all of a sudden that became becomes a shame existence where there's something wrong with you you haven't reached this pinnacle of existence you haven't reached this well what would be in some religious circles the sacrament of marriage so we we attain this sacrament type uh type ascension there's an ascension and this is what twin flames has definitely capitalized on and i'm saying that for very specifically money is attached to this and so this idea that you know your jelly's out there for your peanut butter basically um that relationship <laughs> is is there you know your eggs and bacon you know your, your eggs and your bacon are. you know that someday someday your spice will hit your pumpkin you know so so i think that i think that this idea of of the god ordained relationship the god ordained relationship that we have according to the bible is between us and god that's the divine relationship our relationship with people is supposed to be just Infiltrated with love and loving our neighbor and working for the success of the other people, especially the other. Um, So loving our neighbor, but also doing well for the other. So those are the relation, the divine commandments, divine relationships. So I think that that twin flames has taken this. entirely too far they have courses you can take they have coaching that you can sign up for of course all of the rent
2: the rent well courses i'm not sure what the what rent well it's like pre-renting houses
0: oh 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 yes like 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 you kind of go through a an assessment a you know it's definitely a dating a creepy journey. um the challenge with uh the flame or the twin flames. I'm going to read this right off their website. So these are the facts that they give. So this is not this is not made up. This is their theology or their ideology that they that they believe. So this is this is it. Your ascension coach, this person is the secret To unlocking the full potential of the teachings of union. So an Ascension coach is like a requirement or it's the the key that's going to open this door. So having the support of a highly trained professional to help guide you navigate this journey is critical to your success. So if you do a little deep diving, you'll find that the highly qualified or highly trained professional um, definitely is a subjective title and degree that this person has. So the teaching of union guarantees the way to your harmonious union with your twin flame and will help you bring you help bring you not only your beloved twin flame, but a permanent sense of deep peace, abundance, joy, and eternal connection to love within yourself. So then what makes the teaching of union different? So this is like what what's different about this right the teaching of union demonstrates that separation from your twin flame is an illusion which can be healed permanently in this lifetime by purifying your consciousness everyone has a twin flame And that all Twin Flames were created to live life together in harmonious union as best friends, partners, teachers, students, to each other, and as lovers. So there's a problem there. What about all the single people? So all upsets, blocks, and barriers to love can be healed permanently because only love is real and love never fails. Sounds very Christian. The path of ascension of Twin Flames is the call home to union with God and harmonious union with your twin flame is guaranteed through sincere and commitment studying of these teachings, which cost you money, which the key to these teachings is through a highly qualified trainer or basically this, this, this ascension coach that they call him. So the challenge with this cult and, and you know, Rolling Stones called them a cult. The challenge with this cult is what happens if you feel like you're with the wrong person? That's the challenge. They're telling you that this is, you know, that they they know <laughs> what your twin flame is and you found your twin flame. And this is, you know, this is the thing that you are, you are committed to and all things can be worked out. So just in a little shallow dive, you can you can see that this could be and is riddled with all kinds of unhealthy relationships and sticking with people that are probably not your twin flame match. I mean, if you know, you just think about it for two seconds. Um, But it's like a man, I would say it's like a manufactured cure for loneliness and that lack of hope that we sometimes get during loneliness. So this is a manufactured cure, which is really sad to, um, to prey on, on lonely people.
2: I mean, that's what dating apps do.
0: Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, all of them. There's a the marketing ploy
2: there loneliness and they know mm-hmm. exactly at what point you're going to be most lonely. And so they send, Advertisements to your algorithm to be there, and it's proven mm-hmm. um, yeah. I'm gonna give a spoiler alert so if you have not watched the movie Elemental on Disney plus, tune me out for like thirty seconds um, but in the movie <laughs> they there's two different oh have you not seen okay there's two different <laughs> elements right there's fire and water, and they're exact opposite but they're twin flames, and the mom in the end puts the candles together. They both light their candles. One has to maneuver himself to to light it. The other can just light it because she's fire. That's easy. But they spiral together and they're twin flames. So they can't be separated, and that's true love. So it's interesting, like hearing this now, and and knowing like wow that kind of permeated right through into into mm-hmm. Disney.
1: I could be wrong but I think that might actually be a concept in um some indigenous american spiritualities. I'm sure. I am not certain though. Um I don't think they came up with the idea. I think the idea of twin flames has been around for a very long time. A long
0: time. But it's there. Mhm. Well, I I think also just Just to expand a little bit, this philosophy of twin flames starts with the premise, let's call it the twin flames universe, because that's what they call it. The twin flames universe. I I wonder, and just call God the universe for a minute. Maybe the metaverse. For for those that don't believe in God, right? And they enter into the twin flames universe. I don't know if you can, but let's say somebody is not a believer in God. And they join this group. So they believe in the universe. Does the universe owe us a damn thing? That's the question. Like philosophically, what they're saying is that God owes us something. This twin flame. Yeah, I think it depends.
2: I don't think it, it does, but. Um we live a way where the universe looks like it owes us something and gives us something.
0: Yeah. That's the way that we act in our selfish, self-indulgent desires and wants and actions. Uh, That's why we treat the planet the way that we treat it. That's why we do the things that we do to others because we think that it's owed to us or that we deserve it or something like that. And in all honesty, you know, i love the barack obama statement when he was questioned how did you as an african-american um, how do you feel about being the president and attaining this high powerful role um, do you feel like this is your course this is your you know the, the course that god you know designed for you or what do you think about it and he said i'm just lucky and I really appreciated that about him, that that, that that just statement of, it wasn't some divine course. It wasn't you know pulling myself up by my bootstraps and working hard. It wasn't all that, because there's lots of people who work hard. There's lots of people who try. There's lots of people who do a lot of things and they end up in the same position that they are in currently. So to say, well, I just did the right thing, studied the right teaching, listened to the right shamans, whether they be, you know, your dime store shamans or your, you know, your real shamans, um, I listen to the right people therefore I attain this ascension, therefore I got a girlfriend or boyfriend, eventually a wife or a husband. I just find that almost arrogant. That's an arrogant philosophy. Yes. Twin Flames, first cult. Rajneesh, let's go number two out of our top 10. Rajneesh, the Bhagwan. You guys were uh, Oregon natives, so speak about mm-hmm. the Bogwan. I mean, let's talk about this Rajneesh character. Um, I don't think that he probably uh, was insincere. I think that he probably was very sincere Probably believed actually what he was teaching, um, came up with some methodologies and methods and stuff to his practice. What do you uh, what do you think of the Raj niche and the effect on basically Oregon because that's that's where they lived and where their mm-hmm. compound was um, here in in Oregon. So what do you first what what was your experience with them and and what did you think of them at the time?
1: Well, I just double checked Wikipedia really quick and I was not actually alive for most of, most of their existence here. So I don't remember anything. Okay. Um, but mostly, I mean, it's, it's like the pop culture stuff and the trappings of it, the old fashioned cars and the orangish colored robes and, um, What was it? Poisoning salad bars or something like that.
2: At the Izzy's in uh, the Dallas.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. I forget that you Uh, two were born in like the late 80s. Right. Yeah. I was not allowed. Okay. (laughs) I was not I feeling old right now. (laughs) So so. So the the series of events is they came, they start promoting their practices they purchased land in out of the desert there in uh, okay. in Oregon. They began building a compound. He lovely started, compound, yeah. Lovely compound, started raising lots and lots of money. Had had free sex well, and just Well, people were flocking to this compound because it was like a haven for it was utopia. You know, just a utopia of freedom. Kind of like a another um hippie type movement you know Mm -hmm. in in the uh in his time and and i i i look at this uh this compound now it's actually washington ranch um and it's owned by young life yes
1: the young life Yeah. yeah
0: the young life camp and when you drive on that campus it is amazing yeah. it is magnificent it is awe like you are in awe of this campus where you're like wow okay this was a compound and a half they had their own airstrip they had their own like fr- freezers and coolers for all the m- the meat and the supplies and you know the end of the world and stuff um or whatever they were headed towards yeah. uh they they actually were under the influence of like a secondary character. Um, kind of an assistant. And that assistant did a lot of illegal activity, whether that be promoted by the Rajneesh or whether that be promoted by, you know other people in power. Um, mm-hmm. We know that this person, this secondary person, uh, definitely promoted uh, some illegal activity to try to swing elections for power. So they were trying to swing some elections at the state level and the local level. And so poisoning a salad bar, Basically, an assassination plot by a, a U.S. attorney. So that's that's why that salad bar was poisoned. But they started welcoming houseless people into their community to try to swing some votes to raise the population to get more voting power. Yeah, I believe within he was trying
2: community. to, they were trying to make uh, the Bogwan County Commissioner, right?
0: Well, they were just trying to get more and more power and their people into office, office, commissioner seats, counselor seats, uh, some, you know, what, what we would call commissions now, people that like planning and planning, the planning commission, you know, to get people of their people in there so they could just do more, build more, take over more. I mean, it was a crisis for people who lived there. It was an absolute crisis. Their houses, yeah. their houses were purchased up. Um, they were just run out of town. These poor people were literally run out of town. Uh,
1: I'm getting texts from my mom in the other room.
0: Oh, <laughs> she, she said they alive. tried to
1: poison people. Yeah, she yeah. said they tried to poison people so that they couldn't vote because right. the Rajneesh were running for office.
0: Right. There you go. So, so. This idea of 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 building a compound, um, coming with this I, I this sense of ideology, I, I don't know if like they really had maybe ill intentions because what I read is it doesn't seem like they had ill intentions when they came. And it's it's still it's just it, it morphed over time. It's still a and, conspiracy,
2: right? That they may not have even been the ones to poison it. They were just framed for it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean it could it could be that. I, I would say that that um whenever you have a leader that's that powerful in a narcissistic controlling role like Sherea's definition, um he would definitely present. I've seen him present. I haven't seen him present. I've listened to him present. It's a wonderful um, Netflix video.
2: documentary of it.
0: Uh, yeah, there is a Netflix documentary on this, like a long one. So you can watch it and and see it, what happened to these Oregonians and what happened to the Rajneeshis. But um, he they would sit in like a teaching setting and and he had that like professor type. Role. And so he spoke very authoritatively uh, and very engaging and very, like, honestly, they, they, people felt transformed. Um, I've heard interviews of people that still feel transformed from that time. So it's not like people weren't experiencing something. They were experiencing, whether that be a self-enlightenment or a self-realization about who they were, maybe a mind transfer, maybe even emotional health. I have no idea. But what they were experiencing, there's actually just a continuation for some people that they really experienced something very, very special there under his teaching. And his teaching was a mix. So a little bit of Buddhism, Buddhism, a little bit of Hinduism, a little bit of Sikhism, a little bit of of all of it. So it was like an eclectic Vedic. Uh, teaching. I would say Eastern mysticism or Eastern mystic mm-hmm. type teaching, along with a lot of, I guess, well, everything was sacred. So therefore, sex was sacred. So therefore, the act of that and and that's where where people would people would do things or act out in ways um, that became um, unhealthy. They used to dance and they had these like dancing moves that they would do to literal exhaustion to the point that they were passing out. So there were these specific moves that they would do that definitely was almost like a a, a meditation um, practice. So as strange as that may sound, um, I don't think it's that strange. What That's do you guys? That's not the
1: culty part. Think?
0: No, no. The culty part is where I send this guy all of my money. I sell my house, mm-hmm. and now he has how many Rolls Royces? how much money did this guy leave the country with? I mean, an unbelievable amount of money. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, honestly the amount of jewelry and the amount of watches and the amount of gold that this guy had was absolutely unbelievable, but people gave it to him willing, willfully. Um, I I just had to look up really quick. He had 365 Rolls Royces on that compound, one per day. day. Yeah, yeah, a different Rolls Royce every day. Wow. Um, I would say that the Rajnishis, which is now called Asho, which is in India, and there's a resort there that you can go to practice the Bhagwan's ideology and like the the uh, reconciliation of the new man. Um, and so you can go there to this resort, resort and practice it. Uh, so he is a recognized religion in India. So actually he wouldn't necessarily be a cult. That would be taken off the cult list. Although his practices in Oregon definitely um, would be, would be uh, exhibited would be, some yeah, control. As, as culty. Um, yeah. Rajneesh. Scientology. Number three, Scientology is when you hold the handles and you get audited. Um, Some people don't think that Scientology is a cult. Some people, like some of the people who have escaped from Scientology, definitely see it as a cult. Jake, do you want to take Scientology just for a few minutes and open it up? What is it?
2: Uh, It's centered around a book called Dianetics. And Mm -hmm. lots of famous people are Scientologists like Tom Cruise Mm -hmm. and I think he's the most popular one of all time. Um, And it's basically- John
0: John Travolta too.
2: John Travolta, sure. yeah, Lots of famous people. Um, And so it's centered around going clear and losing stress and um, knowing yourself better yeah um, a lot of when you hold those those two probes, uh, they're doing a stress test on you and they can mm-hmm. tell how clear how clear you are. Um, <clears throat> you tell all of your secrets and then the you give them lots of money and the church has then leverage over you to stay within their within their um, control. And so when people leave, they're usually, harassed and assaulted and um, followed followed harassed yeah Mm -hmm. cut off from all communication with their family that they're still in the church and sometimes they'll even have things published about them that they told the church and Mm -hmm. it's this nasty cycle of of control and fear that keeps people and makes them still give um l ron hubbard i think is the Mm -hmm. Yep. There's the Dianetics guy. There's other super popular people that are the leaders of the Church of Scientology.
0: Well, L. Ron Hubbard is the one who created it. Um, he lived in a very lavish lifestyle, ended up disappearing. Nobody knows what happened to him. He just like, he ascended. Persons, that is. ascended or whatever. Um, part of the challenge with Scientology, Shreya, have you ever like met a Scientologist?
1: Not that I'm aware of.
2: There was a booth at the Tiger Street Fair right in front of our shop that was doing yeah. the Dynetics testing. I did not go and do it because I'm pretty sure that my clear would be black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what isn't when you drive down Sunset Boulevard? What is that purplish or pinkish built compound? Is that Scientology? You mean the blue compound building? Yeah, that yeah. is
0: the that main main headquarters of. We're one of the main headquarters of Scientology. Um, So we actually here in Oregon have a Scientology school. Um, It's in Uh, Sheridan. Delphi. It's just south here, and it's called the Delphian School. Uh, So my interactions have not been a tremendous amount, but we have definitely interacted with uh, Scientologists because we don't live that far uh, from that school. Very interesting people. I don't think that they're bad people by any means. Um, Scientologists are not bad people. Uh, and I've never really met a mean Scientologist because honestly, they kind of have to not be mean, to be clear. Um, <laughs> the challenge is, it's, is that they're mean to you if you want to get out of Scientology. So they they're, you're like the anti- at that point, so if you disassociate yourself and say, "Hey, I don't want to do this anymore," um, they disfellowship you, which they claim that they don't. But most religions claim that they don't; they're they're just doing it to try to win you back, um, type of thing. So we're going to talk about that here in in a little bit. But uh, Scientology, basically, in Dianetics, and I've read Dianetics before, um, and there are there's a whole series on either Netflix or Amazon, one of those streaming services that uh, talks through Scientology and interviews people that have broken free. Um, But if you just read Dianetics, you'll see that it takes the mind and divides it into categories and talks about like the reactive mind and the sensitive mind and all these things Um, and bringing the mind under control basically. And, And it's a set of beliefs and practices around the mind. So they believe that they're very scientific um, they believe that that they're very, um, I would say, uh, like like not. They don't believe in psychology. They don't believe in the medicine of psychology, um, or the practice of psychology, or or counseling. They don't believe in any of that. They actually think that that is like an anti thing uh, because they have a handle on their own psychology, and this is the right psychology. So, so it's a it's a belief and practice surrounding around L. Ron Hubbard's teaching, which the new leaders and such are very controlling. Um, and honestly, um, quite scary. I would say that it gets scary because when you leave the organization, and I'll call it an organization, uh, they definitely treat you um, with harassment and and stuff. And it's it's almost criminal. Well, it is criminal what they've done and they've been charged with crimes even recently um, here in the last handful of years. So yes, yeah, Scientology, it's a practice. It's a religion. It's I'm um, seen as a, it's a, uh, it's a honored like a, an identified religion in the United States. They are tax free. Uh, the challenge there is they have like a ton of money. Willfully given but they're actually selling a product and that's that's the challenge that people are having with Scientology is they're selling a program. They're selling a product. They're selling like these levels mm-hmm. of of stuff. Yeah. So Scientology. Let's go to Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Are you old enough to remember Heaven's Gate?
1: Yes. I was oh. alive for this one. What, what, what do you was remember that about Heaven? What? Gate? It was like 96 wasn't it?
2: 97 yeah. 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 Um, I was nine. So.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you think about Heaven's Gate? Do you have any thoughts about it?
1: I don't think it made a ton of sense to me at the time. Right. It, well, it would have been kind of scary. <laughs> Let's maybe, <laughs> in case folks don't know which one Heaven's Gate is, that's the one where um, They the people right? were supposed to be What? No,
0: no, the Kool-Aid was
1: um, People's Temple.
0: Okay. People's temple. Yeah.
1: Heaven's gate, the Comet hail bop. um, Mm -hmm. And folks believed that they would be able to make it to heaven if they died just right at the right time as the comet was passing. And it was a really Mm -hmm. gross and brutal death.
0: Right. And they had matching outfits modeled
1: after Star Trek.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say that, um, which, is, which is really interesting, um, there's a lot of prophecy involved in it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of UFO theology involved in it. There's a lot of 2000 millennial mm. millennialism um, theology in it. There's reincarnation theology. Um, in it, which is which is really weird because the leader of of this, um, I have to look at. I don't have his name written. on um, Apple White, uh,
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
0: Apple White was supposedly the Jesus, Jesus uh, reincarnate. Some people believe that about him. Um. So so there's a lot of just mix of theologies and philosophies, uh, eschatology and Christian ascetism and purity and all of these things. Um, revelation, and, and these groups are very relevant. revelation oriented and times we need to, you know, just blow off of this earth. Uh, the challenge with some of these groups is this is the mass, this is one of the mass suicide groups, which is, okay. which is really sad um, to me that uh, we had these, this is a very, I would say, oh, I would say the most, one of the most famous cults, but one of the most dangerous famous cults was the Hail Bop Heaven's Gate um, type people. You know what they made their money by doing? This was in the dot com era. What? They built websites for people. So some people after these people left still had websites that were built by by Heaven's Gate. Uh, I'm pretty sure
1: their website is still functioning.
0: Oh, they still exist today. After all those Mm -hmm. people die, they still think that there's another chance to jump into like, you know, warp speed on a on a um on a on a some kind of probably new asteroid or whatever that's that's coming through time so time. Um, x nx ivm basically this cult X N X I V M. nx ivm yeah so whether that's a a number the 14 is in there so we're not sure we've analyzed that it's like is this a number is this nix of them what is this not sure. But this actually used women as sex slaves um, right at the center. That's the heart of this cult, if you've ever heard of X- NXIVM. Another dangerous cult that's heard and that still exists there's still followers of this person even though he died within our lifetime is the manson family i can't believe the manson family still exists but there's people still in jail that are followers of the manson family and they they murdered some people and they are considered dangerous to society Mm -hmm. david koresh and the branch davidians still exist today even though they all burned up and A bunch of people burned in that fire. Horrible children, families, adults, women, children. Awful in the federal standoff of David Koresh Um, and the Branch Davidians. They still exist. They're an offshoot of the Seventh-day Adventist group. I still can't believe they they exist. Um, All relationships, when you join the compound, those marriages were annulled, and everyone married the great David Koresh. And he you you took all the females, including children, as wives. 77 people um, died in this. All right, and then the Children of God. The Children of God is now renamed Family International. And the challenge with the Family International or the Children of God group, they got into... A huge, big trouble um, because they, you know, according to their website and and what they what they believed is um, having like sex between the members got you closer to God, and so the whole group was just having sex with one another, including children, including vulnerable, including just brothers and sisters and cousins, and, and so is an incestuous type group. Now they're an online community, so they've rebranded themselves just so you know they're no longer the children of God, but they're the same called the Family International. Um, of course, Jake already mentioned the People's Temple. They went down to Guyana, Guyana, and, um, and they were actually disciples of Christ church under jim jones leadership so they all perished down there because um while the feds started questioning them and asking things like questions and they got scared and so therefore they they took the juice that was the that's the joke everyone tells of drinking the kool-aid which is a terrible joke because it's you know it's people yeah. So those are just a few snippets, just a, just a, um, just a, uh, a, 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 don't want to say shotgun approach. That's awful when we're talking about this, but <laughs> just a, uh, a, a popcorn approach of, of the murderous cults, the deadliest cults that we've ever seen. But there are folks literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cults out there that have you know are haven't been and should be charged with sexual assaults, rape of children, molestation, um multiple marriages, incestuous relationships, and and just just crazy town there's some like when somebody puts themselves in that leader role i am moses i am jesus i am the Bhagwan. i am the rajneesh i am this you know whatever that person and whatever Whatever they want to call them the shaman of the day when somebody's putting themselves in like david koresh i'm the reincarnation of jesus christ or i have the truth that you need to know um you need to question that. I love my friend, John, and he told me, you know, I really appreciate you, Kevin, because you get in front of people and you say, I'm not quite sure about this. I think I'm about 65% sure on what I'm talking about today. And so uh, so if you don't hear stuff like that, and if you hear, I am telling this truth, um, boy, you need to question. Fundamentalist Latter-day Saints. Last one before the surprise. Oh, wow. (laughs) Anyone want to tackle this one for a few minutes? Uh, they're still very alive and well, Mm -hmm. they're
2: usually found in Utah, Idaho. Yeah. And then just the far out desert places where people won't search too much for them, um, centered around polygamy. And so polygamous practices, one man, lots of wives, lots of children, Usually intermarriage.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: The uh, the family tree is a stump.
0: <laughs> the, doesn't uh, fork.
2: Yep. Doesn't the family tree is not fork. It just has lots of yeah, lots of twigs. So the um, obviously wrong, uh, but they opened up the files and found a whole bunch of underage marriages, and that's what got the leader mm-hmm. in trouble. Um, but. I think it's under the uh, banner. The
0: prophet. Of... He's called the prophet.
2: Yeah. yeah. The prophet. Okay. Uh, is it under the banner of heaven? Isn't that? They, it mm-hmm. talks um, about um, J- Krakow. John Krakow talks about uh, um, that specific movement. That's a super mm-hmm. famous book on it. Um, and murder. There's a that in series
1: yeah. two, if you're not a reader.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it uh, is very
1: dark.
2: A though. Series two everything else yeah. the series now uh, but the if you uh, can
0: handle this amount of darkness these are dark dark groups that are out
2: well, there. well i mean that's that's the that is the life of a cult is that once you go closer to the mm-hmm. center it gets darker and darker and darker and mm-hmm. you can't
0: find your way right. out right it's so dark okay so let's transition let's transition into the surprise surprise So when I was younger, I moved to North Idaho Mm. and I moved to a town called Sandpoint, Idaho. And during that era of actually going and visiting my grandmother and taking trips up to North Idaho, there was a group in, let's just call it in Kootenai County, um, Idaho, and predominantly, predominantly Hayden Lake and they were called the Aryan Nations. Oh, no. The Aryan Nations was a neo-Nazi white supremacy group, and this group was led by somebody named Richard Butler. Richard Butler identified as a Christian, so everything that he spoke about or or was, was actually through the filter of his version or his interpretation of scripture that that the white Aryan was a supreme being so the jews then ended up killing jesus so they're the anti so they're wrong and they have eternally been deemed wrong and then people of color are you know they they would they would uh probably deem that as, as the mark of cain and things like that and, and i've heard him speak and and such and and he definitely speaks in in this way. Um, very hateful group. Uh, I would say that it gave North Idaho probably an eternal reputation um, of having that group there. Uh, there's other people that live there that have taken over leadership from Richard Butler, um, absorbed, merged his groups into other groups, but um, I won't name because... Because honestly, I, I I don't want to be probably Black. you know threatened with my life. I'm here, but there is a church in Sandpoint that aligns themselves to a very Aryan um, version of of Christianity. So so they have been in trouble for a very long period of time because when you're just publicizing yourself out there as an Aryan white supremacy group. Um, that is developing an army so butler's army that means guns that means federal involvement and such and so uh so there was quite a few accusations and quite a few um i guess threats back and forth and such but but uh richard butler eventually uh died um what's really interesting about this group is there they weren't very big at all but their message was huge and neo-nazis in north idaho um everybody knows that but at their peak at their very very peak they were l- literally only 200 people so 200 people with a lot of guns developed a message that was a worldwide power so if you think about like how influential cult groups can actually be just think about the aryan nation and their message and how far reaching um that is they they were broken up several times they they uh they declined you know over the years they 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 would increase they would decrease in number Um, So Butler only had 200 people when he died, but those begin to merge. So there's, there's another pastor of the Aryan nations um, now in Coeur d'Alene that uh, merged with um, this Aryan nation group. They definitely adhere to a Christian ideology. Um, They, they used to at least dress in blue shirts with the Aryan, Symbols and such on them, and then the kids or the young people were skinheads, so they wore the braces. They had the leather um, braces with white t-shirts and and uh, acid wash, usually, or blue jeans of of some kind. And Doc um, and and Doc Martins, yeah, that's where Doc Martins gets a a really uh, difficult yeah. um, association. Um, you'll see a lot of Aryans, these types of people, in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. You'll see them around. Um, now, they've their their theology or their ideology has infiltrated and kind of merged with other groups. So you'll see nuances of of Aryan theology within other groups that will remain unnamed. But these other groups in 2016. Uh, surged and so you'll you'll see even today there's groups all around so the point of that bringing that up as the this is the surprise cult that I had um is I interacted with some of these people in North Idaho uh, they were very just at surface level kind people You're they would wife. shake their hand at surface level they were just workers they, just They didn't wear their clothes all the time. You couldn't identify them on the street unless they were in a uniform. So they are just plain closed associates walking around spreading this ideology about white supremacy um, and at the core of who they were and at the core of their ideology and their theology was a sense of evil that goes way, way deep, um, something that... Uh, Jesus was dealing with at the time of his life on earth is that idea of supremacy and trying to break down that idea of supremacy back Mm -hmm. then. So it's unfortunate that those, um, those groups uh, exist. So white supremacy, neo-Nazis, the Aryan nation, I think is a, is a cult to, because their message was so powerful. I think they're a cult that we, we, definitely still today and with, you know, after and going into 2024, I think we definitely need to pay attention to, okay, what's the messaging coming from some of these subgroups that are out there too. All right. Any thoughts on anything that we've talked about so far?
2: Lots. I just want to name names right now, but I won't.
0: (laughs) I don't think we should. (laughs) We've already gotten death threats in our life in the last mm-hmm. handful just, of years. Just some be... roosters. Yeah. yeah. So uh so Sherea brought up um the idea of isolation and the secrecy and the the power and the control I'm um, just in her definition of narcissism and and such. And can we just take a couple of minutes like how do we get trapped in these things because they're easy to get trapped in, I think.
1: I mean, I think if you've got if you've got an effective leader, they are going to know how to exploit vulnerabilities. Um, so for example, the the Twin flames group and Mm-hmm. exploiting people's loneliness um or i mean you could even make the case of scientology exploiting people's um mm-hmm. desire to grow as a person yeah um,
2: that's almost like their se- lack of self-esteem or self-worth i think mm-hmm. maybe it's like a lack of self-concept is scientology
1: yeah i think so fear tactics,
0: you- there's fears there that people uh-huh. have that people capitalize on
2: yeah Mm
1: -hmm. um there's also the the relational aspect um because often um when you're first interacting with members of a cult group you get love bombed um so they show huge interest in your life and and want to know everything about you and gifts or they buy you dinner or you know things that take care of you things that make you feel loved things that make you feel like you're embedded in a community um and then that part kind of starts to dwindle but you're already you're already hooked and in order to leave you've either got to like you've got to lose all of your relationships in order to be able to leave.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's too risky especially if you're you're vulnerable.
2: Yeah. There's a multi-level marketing works the same way. Yeah. I think I think that's the easier that's like not, that's the easiest gateway that we have towards culty behavior is through sales of goods and services and products, right? Right. What Kevin
1: so, read off of the Twin Flame site sounded so much like an MLM pitch.
0: Totally. And
2: that's that's all they're based on. It's like um at our tigered location of our shop, there's a certain MLM group that meets there often. And <laughs> they I warn our I warn our new baristas going in. If anyone seems like they're coming on to friendship way too fast for you, it's because they're this group. Like, do not meet with them. Do not meet (laughs) with them. Do not give them your phone number. Dear God, do not sit down and meet with them because your relationship will be over. It's always this, uh, it's a bait and switch too. Cults are bait and switches.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I would say that there's a couple of things that to pay attention to when it comes to, um, cults. If, if, you know, some of these cults, they still have people in them like heaven's gate, how in the world in your history, just looking at the history of heaven's gate, why in the world would you join that? And why would you be continuing on in this practice? It's just a sense of, indoctrination and sanity that right? that I don't understand um, if your if your history of your cult that you're involved in um, has child rape molestation and child marriages um, within the history like last year i think that i think that you need to rethink you know involvement if there's illegal activity going on or whether you hey Aryan nation sounds good maybe i'll join that and you know I don't know, and I think you're too far gone at that point. A handful of years ago, you know, they were, you know, in jail and in prison. I think, I think that we need to rethink um, our joining. We have, we as people, I think sometimes do suffer from loneliness, lack of connection, isolation, where we want to join. And we're like, like in a sense, we want to join others in a cause that's greater than ours, um, that is perceived as greater than ours. We don't like being isolated as people. Now, some people do, but most people don't want to be isolated 24-7 in their life. And so having relational connections, like Sharia said, or having those love bombs come, it's like, wow, I'm loved here. I am successful here. People want me here. Um. Yeah, it, it, what happens when you want to leave that place? And that's the disfellowship problem where churches are notorious for disfellowshipping people. And that's a signature marker of a cult is when you um, do something wrong or you're not living up to the standard of whatever, um, you're disfellowshipped or you just want to leave and you want to do something else, you're disfellowshipped. So I think that the idea, the practice of disfellowship is um, something to really pay attention to. I, I think that in churches today, in Christian churches, we have some of these practices and ideologies kind of sprinkled through our evangelicalism that we need to be very careful of. And so hating a group of people. Well, that's very supremacy. And so there is something called Christian supremacy. There is something also called moral per su- per supremacy. So if we think that our morality is better than your morality, we start treating people as like this, where we're treating them down. Mm-hmm. Um, so signature markers of cults right there. So even our practices that we deem this group and an other, they're not matching up to God's design, um, they're not following the created order. Um, things that we definitely attach very divine statements to—that's um, dangerous theology, and very—that's the sprinkling of supremacy uh, within our within our um, within our churches. I think that uh, disfellowship um, used to call it excommunication. Um, isn't even biblical you can't even find that in the Bible and if you go to Matthew 18 I can deconstruct that in about two seconds so so you 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 can't even find disfellowship um, in scripture so so the practice of that in our churches is infiltrated in our churches high controlling narcissistic leaders sprinkled throughout our churches so so, I think it's time for reform in, in our evangelicalism and in our a in our, uh, 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 plight to be the Christian church. I think, that, I think that life is telling us that there is a demand for reform. Um, I think one thing just on the national stage and the social media stage that we need to question, no one's questioning this at all, is the idea of the influencer. Um, just on the national stage, and if you're a social media influencer, what are you influencing at that point? Some people have literally millions of followers, and they're speaking little ideologies out there or little practices or little principles that I get very concerned that millions of people are listening to just some famous person because they made movies or they did this or that, and they start speaking a very philosophical, psychological, theological message from their mouth. That's um, very dangerous. We live in dangerous times in, in that way. And how do we counteract that as Christians? We just are, are very carefully obedient to Christ's greatest command to love God and to love your as yourself, to follow through with God's commands of including the other and making sure that the poor, needy, naked, and houseless are, are, are fed and housed and taken care of, that when we act like, like that and that the poor will always be among you, wealth is not a spiritual goal at that point, like material wealth. Influence is not a spiritual goal, um, and and so we need to really check, I think, some of our practices, who we're listening to, and how easily it can be that we can get trapped into what we would deem as a cult. Any other thoughts? Shereya, Jake?
2: I think we're good. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Thanks for joining. Thanks for including your thoughts. Um, if anyone has any other thoughts, I'd love to hear from you. If you want to leave those um, on direct message, we can listen to those. Um, next week, we're going to talk about every, uh, other people's holidays. So and, and I say it that way because the three of us celebrate Christmas and Thanksgiving. I don't want to talk about Thanksgiving and Christmas. I want to talk about other people's holidays next week and, uh, and find out what other people are doing um, and to include those in my thoughts and, and uh, in, my, uh, in my thinking space. So I hope that the two of you can help me do that um, next week. All right. With that, thanks, everybody, and good night.